This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Williams to Drummond, cross-court to Rosen, left wing against Martin. Swings it through him, draws the contact all the way to the top, and he jammed it in with a right-handed hammer and a chance at a three-point play. DeMar DeRozan turning back the clock with another Duncan dunk. The Bulls run on Duncan, and they've got a chance at the line. Adam Amin with the call right there, and might have been the last time he says DeMar DeRozan's name and cheers for him as a member of the Chicago Bulls. Whoa. Whoa. Why don't you play your intro again, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna I that. ain't even talking about you. Shut up. <laughs> That's the clip. That, that should be your outro clip at the very end of every show. And got to get it up to Sean Sears. I ain't even talking to you. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, my bad, Sean. All right. Um, of course, it is Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. We're going to check in with Mark Grody and Alyssa Bergamini in just a second as they are broadcasting live from the Advocate Center, hoping and waiting the Chicago Bulls uh, somebody comes downstairs with a piece of paper and says, we made the trade. Because then we get firsthand uh, insight right there with those two. Uh, but, of course, the Bulls draft pick, their original one, uh, is the 11th pick, and it belongs to the Orlando Magic. That one's happening in just a little bit. We'll get an opportunity to see uh, what could have been. Uh, but are they there? Are, are they ready to roll? Oh, man, let's bring them on early. We're ready to roll. Oh, this is the <laughs> duo we've been waiting for. Mark Grody, <laughs> Alyssa Bergamini, uh let me guess. You guys are you guys are sipping on. Uh, let me see. Mark Grody's drinking Diet Coke. Alyssa yeah. Alyssa Burger Mini. You just got a bottle of water. I have the large Stanley. Yeah. I already finished a an iced coffee from Starbucks, and people are bringing Mark coffee. Mm-hmm. No one's offered to bring me coffee, just him. So. Uh oh. It's Mark Grody. Guy here. I, I mean, it's Mark Grody. I, that's because I know all the OGs out here. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I, David Schuster just walked past our site, and I just said, "Hey, can you grab me a cup of coffee?" Next thing I know, there was a cup of coffee in front of me. Today, so, kid. Hey kid, yeah, yeah, man, it's it's pretty. Yeah, hey kid, exactly. I'm, I'm like I'm like the young guy with the with the OGs out here. What's the you spread were, though, man? I mean, are, are you snacking on anything? Yeah, Is there real food to be consumed? We were there's talking some sandwiches. about sandwiches. Yeah, there, there's some sandwiches. There's chips, some- obviously drinks. But Alyssa and I were just talking about this earlier in terms of eating strategy for reporters. <laughs> this yeah. is good. Alyssa, like me. We both like, I like to, at the end of the night, go home after whatever I'm doing work-wise, whether I'm hosting with Gabe or out here with Bergamini and Porth, when the work is all done, then I go home, get comfortable, and eat. You uh, reward so, yourself yeah. when yeah. you're at home. And I, I'm on the same 
wavelength as Mark is. I don't really eat much before, but when you go home, yeah. that's when the diet starts to just it's a go whole large pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you can see that 40 pounds on me right now <laughs> if you would like. But you guys were talking about, I heard we were listening a little bit to you guys, and you guys are saying, you know, let's see the body language that they're reading now. Interestingly enough, and we, we talked about this earlier, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley did come down here and just we're just there was a big circle of reporters and they were just kind of having an off the record, so to speak, conversation. But we were just told, too, by somebody who's been covering the Bulls for a long, long, long time that that's the most time that he has spent with Arturis Karnaschovas. So in other words, what we saw develop in front of us was not expected, and it was interesting. And I know people online have read into the picture, Alyssa, that Mm -hmm. you put up, but should we be, with that information, should we be reading into the casual nature of the Bulls' bosses being that sort of off the record, or is, is it a good thing or a bad thing that they were down here? That, right, th- that means is... that absolutely nothing is happening. <laughs> well, right. That's what we were thinking, Gabe, that could that if they're that casual and Arturis Karnaschovas is doing something unprecedented with at least one of the reporters here, could that be a sign, Alyssa, mm-hmm. that maybe the, it, it is going to be the night that we expected it to be here? Right, and this is... My first season covering the draft, so when I saw them come down here, I just thought that was common, natural. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they like to come down and talk, yeah. but now, now we're hearing yeah. that that is a rarity. Alyssa, it's like you know, oh, he has the Indiana Pacers and the Dallas Mavericks on line one and three, but he's like, yes, you know what, Casey Johnson, I really like you. I'm going to talk to, you. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you a lot. Right now. I, I will say that if something does go down, that's pretty smooth. Yeah, on, yeah, he did seem relaxed. Yeah, on the part of Karnaschovas and Eversley, if they were, if something was like was going down while that was happening, that that would be very impressive. But Alyssa brought up another good thing and reminded me of, quite frankly, I don't know how you guys felt at the, the trade deadline, but Alyssa, yeah. kind of a similar feeling. I was saying similar to similar feeling back in February when. Everyone wanted the Bulls to make some type of move, some type of trade. It was the Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the only two teams that did not make a move back then. So the inactivity, it is feeling similar once again. Um, and you can just tell that media members, you know, it's it's the same thing. We're all just kind of waiting, as you mentioned earlier, Mark. It is the long game here. So feels the same. Absolutely. You guys played that clip of DeMar DeRozan. Are you guys anticipating? I mean, it sounds like you guys are being pretty dramatic back there. Are you anticipating (laughs) that DeMar DeRozan is gone before the night is over or before the 2024 season starts? Grody, you know me and I am easily excitable and so (laughs) I just asked Sean Sears to just give me a a highlight. Make me feel good about the Bulls and and highlights make me feel good. I like Justin Fields highlights. I like DeMar DeRozan highlights. Hell, Put, but right now, throw me a Zach Levine dunk. I don't even care. No, I'm just playing. Is there, I ain't even talking about you. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Is there somebody there at Shady the Advocate Sears. Center as you're interacting with all the different, you know, collective media there, just waiting to see if the Bulls are going to do something, not expecting the Bulls to do anything? But is there somebody with, like, the hottest of takes? Is there anybody oh, rolling around there who's, like, completely against the grain? Not to toot our own horn here. <laughs> We're the only ones on the mic right now talking, doing mm. some work. Live and local, baby. Computers, but, I mean, really, everyone is just 
hanging out. Yeah, yeah. There's, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's what, what, that's what's happening. Right, right now it seems like a pretty hot conversation going on between Sam Smith, Chuck Swirsky, and Cheryl Ray. We've got David Schuster looking at. He just took a bite out of a sandwich. He's seeing across <laughs> from the great Julia Poe. Who, of the Chicago Tribune. Chris Bowden in the house. Chris Bowden, one of the best TV reporters in town. You've got Casey Johnson over here sitting across from the international media. So it's it's really, it's that's the scene out here. Everybody's just kind of in their own areas. We're looking at, too, the, the setup for, and I should point out, too, to our listeners, that Arturis Karnaschovas and I believe Mark Eversley and Billy Donovan will all be down here later on. They've got two mics set up right now on the table. So once this thing is all over, we will talk to those guys, and that actually will air live on Chuck Swirsky's show, which goes from, uh, what, 9 to midnight? 10, ten, ten to midnight. Ten to, 10 midnight. to midnight. Okay. I, I do have to oh, mention <laughs> that... <laughs> Port just looked at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> We're having fun. Um, Darnell Mayberry, he Darn- did... Leave the room because he got a phone call. So maybe Ooh. that's something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, maybe he that left. I, maybe, that I did notice. Maybe, Alyssa, yes. maybe he left because the number 10 pick, the Dallas Mavericks, just traded it to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes. Uh, Casey Wallace was just drafted from University of Kentucky. But the Bulls pick is next. Or the Bulls, what used to be the Bulls pick is up <laughs> next. The number 11 oh, pick, they had a pick next. for the Orlando Magic. And there are two guys that are still available that really could have helped the Bulls. Grady Dick. A nice sharp shooter from Kansas, and then your guy Cam Whitmore, Grody. I know that's somebody yeah. that you really liked, right? Oh yeah, no. People have been texting me about Cam Whitmore and what could have been with the Bulls. I like that we're at the point where we're doing the what would the Bulls have done had the they been picking with number sixteen overall. So yeah, that's a good. A lot of people have hit me up on Whitmore. All right, guys, uh, go eat your sandwiches and chips and okay. water and. Diet Cokes. We'll be waiting here for... How how are you guys doing? How's it going back in the studio? (laughs) I mean, we're hanging in there. (laughs) You know, we we were trying to hold out hope that maybe something wild was going to happen. Nothing wild happened at number three. So now my disappointment level has been sort of ramping up a bit since that third pick just went as advertised. I thought thought for sure we were going to be talking about something major. You know, and then you know what it's going to happen. It's going to happen at 9.59 when Chuck gets on the air. Right. Oh, exactly. I would. I actually. You know, Chuck really deserves that. So let's hope. Fair. Yeah. That would That'd be, be his, awesome. That would be his dream. Uh, Mark Carmen uh, just walked in a little while ago from CHGO. Rick Gregg um, from actually Rick Gregg. That's your former roommate, right, Gabe? Rick Gregg and I used yeah. to room together back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Rick Gregg from yep. WBBM AM, our yep. sister station. Uh-huh. Good dude. Tell him I said what up when you see I him. I will. Right? I will. Yeah, he's uh, he's over yonder right now, but I'll definitely, <laughs> when I see him again, I, I will definitely tell him that, and I will look forward to talking to you guys a little bit later on, as will uh, Alyssa Bergamini. I'm assuming, Alyssa, you're going to give Karma a go Hawks at some point when you cross paths? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I, I'm going to wait till the end of the... End of the show. How's that? Okay. Yeah. All right. Come Come it's hogs. not like gangbanging. You guys can talk. You guys can still be friends. You guys are not yeah. on east side, Car west side. Yeah. Right. Car moves in mysterious ways. You never know. Like he'll probably get up and leave for another hour or something. Actually, knowing Car, he probably will start shooting some hoops down here. You know what's really tantalizing, guys? There's a whole, there's a full court that's available, and there are basketballs galore here. You guys know what I'm saying. You, Is you anyone shooting around? Nobody's playing no, right now? No, no. but there, there's like there's literally like 30 basketballs in here on See. the racks. And so this is why I'm not there, Groats, because then it'd be you like would. it'd be like you oh, would. this guy. And I would be yeah. that guy. There's no doubt. Who would be the skins, first man. pick of the the assembled Chicago media Me. if a game broke out right now? I'm Get saying there at the advocate you? center. At, at the, the advocate center pick? right now. Yes. Who would be the I first pick? 
I mean, Casey Johnson, he is the tallest. Ooh, that's a great, sure. that's a great right. question, Big Ant. I yeah. love this. Yeah, yeah. And Casey played college basketball, Division Three, mm. but he but he played. Actually, I've heard <laughs> that Subtle David, shade. I mean, Division Three. Shady Grody. Shady Grody. I'll accept that. David Schuster, I've been told, is a very good shooter. Schuster got David some game? Schuster. Okay. He's got All some right. game. Um, I bet Dion Miller. We didn't even mention her. Dion Miller in the house. I, I bet, bet she's point guard. Hey, does Cassie Carlson have game? Because she was here a little bit earlier. I bet she could play a little bit. Of she oops. looks yeah. like she should have she game, does. but from Absolutely. what I understand, yeah. no. I didn't want to be oh, shady. Really? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, Cassie. I, I don't have coach. game either. So I'm not <laughs> oh, Alyssa, you were going to be my no first. Me. But Cassie looks like a seven footer when she walks in the room. So there would be an assumption, but apparently, you know, not so much. All right, tough in life when you. When people assume that because uh, you're tall, you play well, and then you don't. Yeah. Like, you know, just, just what if that was the height. only reason when yeah. Yamo went number one he's overall? Seven, he's a, oh, he's seven five. Yeah. This guy's yeah. got a ball. His, yeah. Hey, I vote, I, I vote you guys randomly start uh, picking people. You, like Ooh. you just go and be like, "Grody, I got first pick. I yes. got Casey, and then and see if we can get a game started." Please be, start like, an Advocate what? Center media draft. That'd be so dope. Uh, I want that to be in your next report. You know what? We'll uh, make it happen. It'll be there, and maybe who knows if I could get. I am going to actually dare Carm to take a just to shoot yes. a layup under oh, the basket. If he does, I will get video. Of and it. you know what? I'm sorry. Before you guys go, there is one person who yeah. is the clear cut favorite to be the number one pick over there, and it is Cody Westerlin. Uh, he as he's uh. walking right in front of us. Cody, Cody with, we're, out right, of we're doing a little NBA media draft. I here. didn't forget yeah. about him. He was going to be my Cody, next pick. Cody, number one pick in the draft without question. Yeah, he's a stud. oh yeah, he's young, he's athletic, but yeah. he has been brought down by being a father. So you <laughs> and know. I know. Well, and, and he's 35 now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, you too. a level in his life. <laughs> See you later. All right, you too. See you guys later, Bulls. All right, that's Mark Grody, Alyssa <laughs> Bogomini, giving us the best inside scoop from the Advocate Center where the Media League uh, is put together out there. Um, I was going to say something about – because that's fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. Like, playing basketball out there. I mean, what – who would stop them if somebody went and grabbed a basketball right now it, 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 and just started a game of 21? But you would just be that guy. Like, You'd be that guy, but I mean, like, like nobody's going to run out there and tell them not to. That's and why you need Bulls a Kevin Lapko, right? I feel like Kevin Lapko is the think one he'd that would go do it. For yeah. sure. Wouldn't, right. even, wouldn't even think about it. He'd show yeah. up in his, like, Jordan Bulls short shorts. The Bulls aren't doing anything huh. anyway. They're, you're not going to miss anything. It'd be one thing at if there's, like, all kind of action happening and Bulls are wheeling and dealing, making trades or whatever. Somebody just grabbed yeah. a ball and started up a game of 21. Yeah. So what? So you're getting to play 21 at the Advocate Center while you're on the clock covering, air quotes, the Bulls in tonight's NBA draft. But the Bulls aren't doing anything. At all. Sean, you any good at basketball, bro? Because you were kind of harsh over there when you were talking about other <laughs> I'm all right. I'm okay. <laughs> we, Ant and I know what that means. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll play. Let's play. I'll play. I know you play with some of your guys. I'll you play with zero you. Ch- you'd have zero chance. Oh. And I'm significantly older than you. We got a Billy Hoyle situation going on right here. Y'all about to put some money on it? Please. <laughs> we could talk during during the break, but you got no shot over there. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, I mean, I got some handles. That's all I got to say. Sean, bro, come on. What, what high school did you go to? Niles West. <laughs> Naperville North. Naperville North. <laughs> Jesus, come on. All right. He got to laugh at his own high school. Damn, Naperville North. Naperville North. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't make the team out there either. <laughs> See, now I'm shady over here. All right. Uh, we get an opportunity to pivot. Um, uh, we've been talking about the NBA draft um, as these picks are starting to come in. Jet Howard um, okay. made it. Made the right, Atlanta magic. pick. Could have been the oh, bull. Oh, that would be fun, Could too. have been the bull. That but, would have been fun if Jet Howard came to Chicago, man. But, His pop's hometown. But check this out, though. 
his the draft grade, he's the first C minus of the draft grades from the first eleven picks. Here's the thing, man. I mean, we we can if we can go to break. I can come yeah. back and give you a little Jet Howard breakdown. This first Big Ten guy to come off the board in the draft tonight, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad okay. at this pick. Let's talk a little Jet Howard on the other side, and then talk um, some Chicago Bears as well. Get Anthony's updated thoughts on what has been happening in the offseason for our Chicago team. We will do that all on the other side. It's the NBA Draft Special, sprinkled in with a little bit of bears with Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Shady. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. 16-8, dribble drive, left angle, DeMar DeRozan with a right-handed power dunk. Oh my goodness, DeMar DeRozan just ate some big time bulls rim. It was a mouthful nonetheless. Chuck Swirsky with the call right there. Of course, Bulls can be heard right here on 670 The Score. It is the NBA Draft Special. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, and Dallas Mavericks just made their pick. Derek Lively the second from Duke Center. Uh, best room protector behind Wembenyama. And two premier shooters, two of the most or the most elite shooters in the draft, Cam Whitmore, Grady Dick, both still available. And you just wonder, like, I wish I could talk to – just quickly ask Grody and, and Alyssa Bergamini, like, is AK still in the room? Right. Is he still, like, kind of lounging because, and chilling a little bit? Because, and I'm sure you've probably made these preliminary calls to these teams that are in the teens to see if something can be done. But, like, look at the Warriors pick at 19. We heard last year so many rumors about them being interested in Alex Caruso. And... You have Alex Caruso-type guys on your roster if you want them in an Io DeSumo or a Pat Bev, like a defensive-minded kind of guard. Mm-hmm. But if you can swap that out for a sharp-shooting, you know, Cam Whitmore or Grady Dick, then maybe you could, that's something that you might want to explore. So I just I, – I, I, 
this is the moment that I would wish I, I'm going to text Grody and ask him, <laughs> and, and ask him if, uh, if, if AK is still in the room because uh-huh. I hope, you know, Cam Whitmore and, and Grady were, were projected to go in the top 12, top 13 picks, and they haven't been selected, so still available. And you would think, you know, I don't know. I mean, the Bulls apparently have five Javantes, so, I mean, they could try right. one of them, right? True. It's a great point. I do love I do love Javante number four. He's pretty good. No, <laughs> but I, I would love the Bulls to be proactive in that situation, but unfortunately not. Somebody that did go uh, in the 11th pick to the Orlando Magic, Jet Howard, uh, someone that you think highly of. So this, if this would have been the Bulls pick, I'd have been excited about it, man, because you were talking about adding – adding perimeter shooting, and Jet Howard, as much as, you know, like you said, he got like a C-minus grade or, or whatever, but for a guy who who profiles as an exceptional shooter, you look at some of the games, I guess my Iowa Hawkeyes went off, man, from from the perimeter, the ability to, to lengthen the game, not just from like the college three-point line, but several steps beyond the three-point line. And the thing is, his game seems to still be scratching the surface because he's 6'8", he's got handle, and he's got this perimeter jumper, and he, he's willing to do it like off the dribble. He's, his game already has an NBA flair to it mm. because he can play one-on-one. That was a lot of what Michigan's offense was this past season, but he was banged up a lot throughout the year. So even though he's got kind of a formidable, well-developed frame and he's got all kinds of length and he's got an, an exceptional perimeter jumper from extremely deep, but because he wasn't necessarily – you know, healthy throughout a lot of the year. So it actually allowed another Michigan player who's still on the board right now, Kobe Bufkin, ended up emerging really late in the season. And the thought was maybe Kobe Bufkin would end up being the first Big Ten player mm. off the board tonight because he just, uh, that's part of why I asked uh, Andy Katz about him. We had Andy on earlier in the show because Kobe Bufkin is likely going to be a first round pick at some point tonight, but he wasn't the all around talent that Jed Howard is. But when Jed Howard got banged up and wasn't playing much late in the year, ah, that's when okay. Kobe Bufkin be- became this guy who ascended up the the kind of draft prognosticators' boards, and that was part of why he ended up deciding he's going to enter the draft here. But Jed Howard was the main guy with Hunter Dickinson on his team, with with uh, Kobe Bufkin on his team, guys who had predated him showing up at Michigan. But Jed Howard gets there playing for his father, of course. But it wasn't like Jawan just kind of force-fed the ball to Jed Howard. But when you watch his game, he's got handle. He's actually got some pretty good court vision too, but he wasn't tasked with being like the main ball handler for Michigan. More of a catch-and-shoot so guy. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of that. But when you did watch him handle the ball, he, he's got a pretty comfortable handle also. So his game, to me, caters more to an NBA style of play. Yeah. And part of that probably just feels like for obvious reasons with his as long a playing career and then coaching career as his dad had at that level. So now he's a, a one-and-done guy going from Michigan to becoming a lottery pick. But I, I completely understand why Jed Howard, even though his his productivity at Michigan was a little bit uneven at times, but yeah. you look at all the traits that are there, and he profiles to being a guy who, kind of like when Jordan Poole, actually we were talking about the trade a little bit earlier, Chris Paul, essentially Chris Paul for Jordan Poole. So Chris Paul ends up with the dubs, but Jordan Poole was a guy who left Michigan earlier than anticipated, really earlier than what maybe his college production would have said he should have left for. Yeah. But then he goes into a great situation in Golden State around a bunch of sharpshooters. He's like the fourth option and then gets paid after a few years there because in that sort of deferential role, he went off two seasons ago. Now he got the bag this last year, gets knocked out by Draymond, and now everything kind of falls apart for Jordan Poole this last season in Golden State. But, you know, kind of similar 
trajectory, I think, to what Jed Howard can become. I, I, I'll be really surprised if a few years from now Jed Howard isn't getting a huge contract yeah. from somebody because he's got that kind of game. 6'8", 215. If Jed Howard was a member of the Bulls, I, I think the, the city would have been going bonkers over this because of not only the tangible, like when you watch his film, a very exciting prospect because he can add what you were just talking about the Bulls could have used. Sharp they shooter. They could use a sharpshooter, and that's definitively what he is. And he's long. He's not a great defender. He's a, he's a below-average defender. Can he pick that up? He's going to need to pick that element of his game up in the NBA, and I, I think he's got every potential to do that. So, man, if you know, just kind of thinking through the lens because you know yeah. we, we get, don't have a lot of other things to talk about as it relates to the Bulls, <laughs> but this could have been their pick instead of Orlando's pick. And if Jed Howard were going to the Bulls instead of the Magic right now, that would have been exciting news in Chicago. Yeah, he's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. This is our NBA draft special. Uh, sprinkled in with a little bit more stuff as we head to 10 o'clock. Chuck Swirsky is going to jump on the air from 10 to midnight. Have uh, Chuck's going to be disappointed because Chuck's a Michigan man, and uh, he, he, you know, if if Jet Howard, you know, would have been coming here to Chicago, that would have so been huge news okay. for Chuck. And, you know, obviously, Jawan Howard being a Chicago guy, his son, you know, the potential could have been there for his son coming to his city to play for the team he grew up rooting for and all that. So Chuck's probably going to be a little bit disappointed about that news. He may be listening right now. So, you know, if you're hurting right now, Chuck, we're here with you, brother. We we feel you. Yeah, He's going to be able to talk about it a ton again. 10 to midnight, he's going to be on the air. He's going to have a bunch of guests. Cody Westland is going to join him. Uh, He has a couple other surprises up his sleeve, so make sure you're here for that. Uh, right here on 670, the score. The NBA draft continues as the uh, Toronto Raptors are making their selection currently. Uh, they have the number 13 pick in the draft. Of course, uh, they might there be parting ways. With, damn, Grady Dick just got picked. Uh, that's that, that He fits their mold too, right? Like hmm. They're going to be getting rid of, or not getting rid of, but they're going to part ways with, with Fred Van Vliet. Uh, he's going to want a bigger payday. Um, so they're going to try to retool their team. I mean, there was talks of Pascal Siakam uh, being traded as well. Listen to this clip of Grady Dick, because if you're driving in your car, you have zero idea of what he's wearing. And it's like he's a, a red disco ball. <laughs> I'll be very clear on that. And the, 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 the craziest part about his outfit, this will be one that they'll be looking at in 10 years in. And they're like, you know, what was the NBA draft right. style like in 2023? This is the one that they'll point to. Uh, but it's his shoulder pads. <laughs> like it's one thing Very to have the double breast, right? It's yeah. one thing to have the double breast suit. Okay, uh-huh. I'm here for it. That's in style. But 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 your shoulder pads that are like four inches off Maybe the edge of your shoulders. shoulders, man. No way, bro. Uh, but listen to Grady Dick as he was entering the NBA draft today. So I'm from Kansas. Dorothy has her little slippers. I got my Dorothy suits. Um, and then we got the logo, new logo, GD. Around a neck, around a neck. A little subtle, though. A little subtle hand. There's a kid on TikTok or you know Instagram Reels that he he goes viral often. It's like a little chubby, little white kid with like glasses, acne, and he's always like, "You ever seen this kid, Sean? Where he's like, uh huh, my drips too, my drips too swaggy." For everybody. Yeah, I, I have you know, seen that. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. My drips too swaggy. He reminds me of Grady Dick right okay. now when he's talking about this. Yeah. But I will say this, Grady. Good thing you didn't come to Chicago because you can't be wearing no GD chain around Chicago wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, let's be, right. Let's man. be very clear yeah. about that. Wouldn't have been the city for that. When I heard him, when I heard him pull out, he's like, "Got the new logo, GD," and I'm like, uh, ah, uh, "Okay, good thing you're in Toronto because yeah. nobody's gonna be tripping up about you." Hard streets that. out in the six. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kansas, the, the rough, the rough spots out there in the in, in the K. <laughs>
Uh, but of course, Toronto Raptors taking Grady Dick. Uh, Cam Whitmore still out there. New Orleans Pelicans are on the clock right now. It was interesting to hear that they were, you know, considering moving on from Zion Williamson. Um, you know, with all the not, not only just from the drama, but it just seems like they wanted to, they want to move on from whatever is the saga that that is Zion Williamson. Uh, you know, before we get you want to somebody that, who's going to be on the court. Uh, 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 that's what I was going to say. That, that that's ultimately what it is. Somebody that can contribute, especially because they're so close. They've done such a good job to bring guys like Brandon Ingram in there, CJ McCollum. They got JJ Alvarado, uh, Jose Alvarado. So I mean, they they've done a good job in that sense. So if if they would have had a guy like Zion Williamson, they probably could have made a deep run. I I I I, I just want to go back for a second to mm-hmm. Jet Howard, mm-hmm. um, and 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 ask you because we as fans we hear. Oh, this is the son of a player, and, and you know Kobe's dad played in the NBA. People, teams like that. Do do does a team like the Orlando Magic look at a Jet Howard and say we we would rather select you over a Grady Dick and a Cam Whitmore because of the pedigree? And like, what does the pedigree pedigree equate to mm. in terms of performance at a high level? Is it because? Is it that you know you're you might listen better? Is it might is it because you you know you think that there's still space? Like like what does that do for you if you come from that sort of lineage that's played in the NFL or excuse me it, NBA? Damn, it 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 depends a little bit because you know you, you think of a Steph Curry, obviously son of Del Curry, both parents athletes, and growing up in that environment, like you mentioned, Kobe. You know you you could you can grow up with a certain level of privilege that. You don't necessarily have, you know, kind of, you know, what what we would determine, what we would kind of term as that dog in you right. because you haven't necessarily had to fight for something, wrestle People for something. People said that about or, Joe Kim Noah all the time. Right, right. And so you you worry about that a little bit and you try to determine whether or not someone truly loves competition, is eager to prove themselves. And always, you know, you're talking about maybe having a chip on your shoulder a little bit. And we were talking about Scoot Henderson a little bit earlier. And so if you if you haven't been in a position where you necessarily need it, then it can be a little tougher to access that mm. sometimes because that hunger isn't necessarily ingrained in you like Bane style. You know, <laughs> you, you weren't born in the dark yeah. like I was. You That's just kind of, you know, I, I was born. You know, it's it's different for certain guys. But the Mamba mentality, you know, Kobe growing up with privilege didn't stop him from developing that competitive edge that you really want your great players to have. So for Jet Howard, I'm sure that was a part of what the pre-draft process was about, you know, because he was a guy who, you know, showed flashes at Michigan but wasn't consistently that guy taking over games. But we did see it in doses. So are those doses enough just to say that he can maybe develop into that in the NBA? Was it only in doses because he doesn't necessarily, you know, show show himself as a guy who's always on edge, always trying to be at his best, always trying to reach his peak because he's never really needed to be that. Because when it comes down to it, whether you're talking, you know, old school like boxers who kind of work their way up out of nothing or soccer players internationally, baseball players, we think of historically these sports that kind of started off as, as, you know, events that like poor people would participate in and that was their way out of poverty. And, you know, to some extent, that's where a lot of great basketball players came from. And now it's become this global phenomenon. And now people of all different classes right. end up competing in it at a high level all around the planet. It's not what the sport began as, but that was what it used to be. And so I wonder, 
you know, if Jed Howard was able to answer those questions. Is that a part of why Orlando felt good about taking him at number 11 when he was projected to be a guy who's maybe outside the lottery somewhere, despite the fact that he's got immense physical ability and his game profiles at a very high level, but he was a little bit inconsistent, a little bit up and down throughout his his one season at Michigan. Yeah, it's a little different when they ask you what you're going to do with your first check and typically they're like, buy my mom a crib. <laughs> mom already lives in a big mansion. Yeah, right. Mom's doing right. all right. Yeah, yeah my dad right. signed at the time the biggest contract in NBA history. We good. <laughs> I'm still on my mom's insurance, by the way. <laughs> that's like, that's like oh, what they're thinking right there. Uh-huh. Uh, there is one prospect in particular that I feel like the Bulls should be looking at. And his name is Jordan Haber. Have you guys heard of this guy? I have not. Oh, see, I got, I got. So he's he's at the draft right now. He's twenty. Yeah. He's twenty one years old. Okay. Uh, he he he's he's talked about how this is a an opportunity of a lifetime. The funny thing is, he's never played basketball a day in his life. Is this the law school kid? Yeah. yeah. Did you hear about this? Hey. Yeah. So there's a twenty one year old law student. He's twenty one year old. He found a, he found a loophole to enter the NBA draft. Hmm. So it what started off as a joke and a bet. He he said he made it with his friends and and he would see if he could make it into the NBA draft. And he reached out to them and, and he he hit all the, the the check marks. You know he's graduating from a accredited college. He you know was at least nineteen years old. Um, and so he reached out to the NBA and sure enough they sent them over the paperwork. And bada bing, bada boom, filled it out. <laughs> and now he's going to the NBA draft. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Okay. So, so the big thing was, he says, so that his friends, they, all they wanted him to do was shake hands with Adam Silver. He's like, but no, I want to meet, meet Wembenyama. I want to meet Scoot Henderson. Is this not the most ridiculous thing you've ever I'm heard of th- in your life, like, bro? Why did the NBA co-sign this? Because like he was just the, some random dude? Because I'm sure he's the only one, like anything else in life, like, they put these barriers in place because mm. the assumption is that not everyone is going to do it. Mm. These NBA players aren't even doing it themselves. It's their lawyers and their agents or whatever right. that are doing it for them. So it's a finite amount of people that are going to be there. So when somebody else puts their <laughs> name in that. Probably boost that uh, class GPA up it's too, right? Like, that draft class GPA. Come on. like This is great. The NBA should be hiring him to be to represent them as part of their legal team. That's going to be the next influencer. So I kind of feel like that's what Sean was trying to do earlier when you were talking about hooping. He was like, yeah, I got game. Like I feel like he was in some he way was trying to sneak into the NBA Trying draft. to sneak into the NBA draft. Just Man. trying to show up at the Barclays Center and just be kind of a, a part of the Hoopers. He, 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 he was trying to say that he can compete, but then he, he, then he showed me his new balance. It's <laughs> just like... <laughs> Sean, bro, come on. Come Nothing on. wrong with New Balance. New, Kawhi's got New Balance. New Balance, new balance in cargo shorts. <laughs> I, was, I was like, come on, Sean. You're not going to hoop in cargo shorts, are you? Uh, Maybe. There stretching. I mean, I could if you wanted. I'm sure you'd be balling, bro. I have no, I have no idea about it. But uh, I, I thought that, He's got a lot of give, man. I could go. He's got a lot of places I could be on the court, you know? All I know is this. Versatile. After, on Mondays after we hoop, uh, every Monday, my shout out my three room two crew. We go drink afterwards. So at least you'll be able to partake and have fun with us as we, you know, have some man time when we do that kind of thing. Every I don't Monday. think Sean drinks. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had a beer a few times. We'll, right. we'll find right. some commonalities. We know there's some, some They got stuff soda there. pop there. Oh, man. <laughs> now we know you can't hoop. Call me, call me <laughs> soda pop. All right. Uh, we are going to take uh, an opportunity to shift gears and talk about the Chicago Bears uh, for the next little bit over here. We'll see if we can check back in with Mark Grody and Alyssa Berger Mini if anything is happening there. Hopefully the Bulls can find their way into a better predicament than they are in currently. All right? Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Harris. Some Bears talk on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's 670, the score. It's better over here.
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. No, I think it's been uh, uh, beneficial the second year because uh, we can help have our players help with that. You know, so Justin, Mooney, Cole, all those guys can help. Uh, Justin Jones, they can all help with that culture um, and, you know, teaching the guys what we are. And you bring guys in that love football and guys that care about their teammates. Uh, natural like that was Maine. You know, he's TJ, all those guys that love the game, DJ. Um, it's pretty pretty easy, you know, to, to bring that culture along. Um, and it's really about building the relationships with the guy next to you. It's Coach Matt Eberflus talking about the Chicago Bears. You know, when, when teams bring up culture like that, and I, I, I mentioned this yesterday on, on, on the show, where I said it's an overstated thing, but it's very real. You know, you you there there are guys that can change the, the the locker room. There are coaches that operate in different manners. Some that yell, some that don't. You got guys that curse, guys that never would. And you know, in your time at playing in the NFL, I know you played for more than one team, mm-hmm. so you were able to experience you know different locker rooms. Is there something to be said about a culture or can a culture only exist in a particular window for a team because it loses itself after being stagnant for such a long time? When you begin to to have success, when you begin to cut big checks and you have players who are with your organization for you know several years together, you kind of develop a little bit of a core, then – you definitely develop a culture just based off the guys who are there for multiple seasons together. Now, not every culture is positive. You know, not every culture is beneficial. You think about, you know, the disappointment of the double doink that the Bears experienced uh, after the Cody Parkey kick against the Eagles, and you still had the same core in place for multiple seasons beyond that, but there began to be a level of apathy that kind of started to set in and injury and age and frustration with the quarterback and with everything and Matt Nagy. And so there was a culture that was in place, but it was a culture that almost that felt like, you know, felt like it had accomplished something that it didn't because it was a crew that was in place that felt like, yeah, you know, we would have done something if not for Cody Parkey. And it was almost like, because there was no, no true postseason accomplishment with that squad, but then they almost started to kind of, 
you know, ride that wave as though they had done something big that year. They, they did win the division, but you didn't do anything in the postseason. And so there was a culture that was in place that felt like, you know, it, it began to get a bit apathetic. There wasn't that driving force that kind of kept them moving forward. They kept the team ascending beyond that 2018 season. And so culture definitely matters. You put a culture in place. And so that's a part of why, you know, you looked at last season, the Bears tried to get young, tried to get more athletic, also tried to get really workmanlike. And they they hadn't really started to spend any money yet. They started to spend some money this year. Frankly, I'd, I'd competent in a way to – to where the Cubs are, are kind of trying to steadily start to ascend yeah. a little bit. You know, they haven't gone out and got a Shohei Atani or anything yet, but they've started to spend some money. And I think the Bears are in the early stages of, of something along those lines as well, where they said, all right, this offseason, let, let's start to – let's get a DJ Moore in here. Let's get some linebackers in here. Let's start to spend some money while still leaving ourselves some wiggle room and some cap space and some draft capital. And so there's a culture that they've begun to build here, but they have to – they have to be picky. It seems like they've been choosy about which guys they've brought in to add to that culture because they do want to be careful about how they establish it. Bears took the North in 2018, gave it right back. Gave it right back. That was, they did. That, that was the big problem yeah, right it's there. It's unfortunate when that happens. You, you want to take the North and never give yeah, it back. It's yeah, really you preferably wanna, wanna take what it. you want to happen. You want to borrow yeah. it. They, yeah, it. right. They borrowed the North. That was um, a little different. <laughs> that, that'd be a less effective podcast, yeah. the Borrow the North oh, podcast. Yeah. No, that's not, that's yeah, not going to. That Nobody's going to subscribe to that. No. Right, yeah. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670, the score. Let's, let's stay in that culture um, zone for just a little bit. In your opinion, is culture sustainable then is a culture sustainable or is it something that's ever changing based on the construct of the team because you mentioned you know guys getting paid and such but you know you look at the new england patriots and the assumption there was that you know they've had a consistent culture for the tenure of, of mr belichick right but maybe i'm sure it's probably morphed at certain moments not by much but but morphed but do you think, you know, outside of that, that's the outlier, right? Bill Belichick being there for so long, having control. Is a culture something that is a, a constant or is it constantly changing? Continuity matters with that. And I know, you know, we were speaking about it through the Bulls lens, through the basketball lens, where continuity was a bit more of a pejorative, a bit more of a negative. But, but when it's established and it's going well, that continuity can definitely put you in a position where – an established culture can be sustained, can be maintained, and can be built upon. You know, and it's, you know, when it's head coach and quarterback, that's the easiest way to build it, to sustain it, to maintain it, whether it was, you know, had a, you know, um, I, I was about to call him Bill Belichick. Uh, the, the No, the, the before, no, before the Mike team. Tomlin, uh, the Steelers. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. We're, we're, we've been in basketball mode face. all night. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the the only mustache is anywhere close to Dave Watson. Exactly. Everybody in the radio knows right. who we're talking about. We got basketball brain right Sean, now. Sean, who are we talking about? Bill Cowher. Um, yeah, so Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin, but you had Ben Roethlisberger throughout that entire time. So the Steelers had an established culture for a long period of time there. To your point, obviously the New England Patriots had an established culture for a long period of time between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You know, Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning had an established culture for a long time in Indianapolis with the Colts. But 
Even Ray Lewis was able to be as a linebacker. He was mm. the fulcrum of a Ravens culture for a number of years through multiple Super Bowls, a, a culture that was established around toughness, around intensity, around you know passionate locker room speeches and everything that feels like maybe it can wear a bit thin. But when you have a, a leader like Ray Lewis proved himself to be with that franchise, then you were able to sustain that for a long time. Now to the question you're asking, though, like it, it did end up with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. There, there was a culture there in Seattle for a while that even with you know a variety of offensive coordinators, play callers, a lack of talent that surrounded Russell Wilson for certain stretches, they still had a culture that was able to be sustained there in Seattle for a while. It eventually fizzled, and Russ wanted out, and they moved on, and now he's in Denver. We'll see if he can establish a culture there with the Broncos. But, yes, they – uh, the term culture, while it can be overused, it, it does have a level of importance, probably a level of importance in football that probably goes beyond its importance in any other sport because the the level of cohesion and coordination that's necessary for success in football goes beyond what's necessary for that level of success in any other sport. Like you got to have a group that's in concert to really be effective in football. Now, it can happen in a one-off sort of way. Like, you know, maybe you get that brief window of time with the Rams when Kurt Warner was there and and all the success that they had with the greatest show on turf for a very short period of time or with this L.A. Rams Super Bowl that just happened, yeah. you know, a couple of seasons ago. But you think about what's happening in Kansas City right now. Like, they not only have the quarterback, but they also have the coach. And so there is a chemistry uh, between quarterback, tight end, head coach slash play caller that seems like it's going to be sustained with the Chiefs for as long as they've got that core in place. I asked the question, Ant, because, you know, what Eberflus and Ryan Poles were able to do that very first season, right, evaluate, clean house, bring in some of their guys, and then you hear how the culture changed, the practices are run different. You know, Eberflus is, is a different dude. And I just I, – I'm always curious if that's sustainable, one, or if, two – it is a culture that is trying to be instilled with a new team. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like you're trying to change the culture because it's a new team, so you need everybody to operate at, at a certain level and a certain way. It might not be what the end result will be, but like in a, for lack of better phrases, like we got to whip these guys into shape mm-hmm. and have everybody acting right. But that might not be the culture. That's just maybe the approach they had to take in order to get the team to be firing on all cylinders or like you said, to have them in concert so that that way you can then, you know, pivot to a different culture of once it's identified, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? I, I, I just, I'm fascinated by the yeah. culture aspect of the bears specifically, because I'm curious if it's going to be one that's going to be the same with this current group, or if it's one that is needed in order to propel yourself to the next one. Well, they're in the infancy of establishing it. And so I think for, you know, you think about the Jalen Carter draft pick, you know, and they could have taken him at number nine there in the top 10. All the discussion that we had had for weeks leading into that period of time when, you know, we thought that there was a chance that the Bears are going to have a chance at him. They're going to have an opportunity to draft Jalen Carter, but would they be willing to do it? And a part of that concern was because you wonder if a player who seemed to obviously lack a level of maturity for everything we saw Jalen Carter experience going into the NFL draft are the bears in a position where they have a culture that's established enough. If they have veterans who are established enough, 
to be able to to nurture Jalen Carter, to keep him in line, to help urge him on, to be an example for him. All these different things that you know can try to to have a player with a troubled past be able to step into to what you've built and and grow from it and be better than what he's been off the field, not just on the field, but off the field. But frankly, both. You know, we were talking earlier about Brandon Miller, the immaturity that's shown there, and in the NBA. You, you can still find greatness within that, even if a player is, is going to show a lot of immaturity off the court because the culture isn't as necessary for mm. success in hoops as it is in football. Football, there's so many bodies, so many personalities, so much, so much coordination that's necessary and choreography that's involved where you do need guys to be on the same page, not just in their physical execution, but it takes so much of you to prepare for these games and for success that the, the culture that's established is is far more important in football. It takes up a bigger percentage yeah. of what leads to success in football than it does in any other sport. And it makes so much sense when you say it like that. You know, it's just a bigger group of guys. Yeah. And whether it's football or just, you know, school, whenever you have that many people that you have to kind of orchestrate, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to do, especially if you're trying to get them to buy into a particular type of culture. Uh, we will continue to discuss – the culture, and the players of the Chicago Bears in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, But at the top of the hour, we get a chance to reconnect with the dynamic duo. Mark Grody, Alyssa Bergamini. They better have a hoops team. I know that. They they better have shot a layup. Because if not, what else else are we doing over there? What are they doing? (laughs) What are we doing? What else are they doing out there if they are not drafting a hoops team and shooting layups as we speak? Well, the Lakers have about a minute left. Uh, on their clock before they make their picks. So who knows? Maybe AK is making some magic happen. Uh, we'll talk to Alyssa Bergamini, Mark Grody, on the other side to find out the latest from the Advocate Center. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.